just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about today. Layoffs. Business closures. They just keep rolling in. There's so much talk about how Utah is well-poised for a recession, But how can that be true when veteran tech companies are laying our friends off and our favorite local businesses are shuttering? I asked Natalie Gochner, an economist and director of the Kemsey Gardner Policy Institute, for some clarity. It's Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Natalie Gochner, you know a lot more about the economy than I do, but we both put our pants on one leg at a time. When Utah tech companies started rolling out layoffs, were you shocked? I wasn't. Uh, Hmm. I think we knew that in a higher interest rate environment, when money was not cheap, that it would start to have its effect. And particularly in the software and tech industry where so much of it is done based on borrowed money to get things started. Yeah, I mean, right before the holidays, it was gutting, but it feels like they just keep coming, like Qualtrics, Google, Salesforce, Spotify. Do you anticipate more of these kinds of layoffs in Utah? It's a really good question. We have very low unemployment in the state. And so I would just remind people that even as you have uh, layoffs, you have a tight labor market here. Unemployment is below 3% in our state. So will we see more layoffs? Uh, Yes, in an uncertain economic environment where you've got so many indicators that are, you know, putting a a hold on on expansion plans and the like, you'll see layoffs. But I will add that it's buffered by a very healthy labor market right now. Okay, I think one of the reason that these tech layoffs were so upsetting to me personally is that. For years as millennials in particular, we were told that like we have a promised future if we just learn to code, <laughs> right? Like that the tech is the promised land. And it feels like even in Utah, that's kind of felt like the message. Do you think that the tech sector is a good barometer for Utah's economy? The way I would answer that is to say that tech is one of many strong parts of the Utah economy. It's not well known, but it is true that Utah's economy is extremely diverse. It's among the most diverse in the country. So think about it for a minute. Yeah, we have tech, but we have energy, we have agriculture, we have aerospace, defense, we have a big tourism sector, we're a warehousing and distribution center, largely because of our location. Life science thrives here. So we have many, many eggs in our basket, and so, you know, when tech struggles, it hurts the economy, but it doesn't pull us down too far because we're not specialized in tech. It's one of many. You named a lot of sectors mm-hmm. there. Are there among those that are better signposts for where we're headed? Well, the most uh, sort of subject to boom and bust, if you will, the cycles of the economy will be like the energy sectors. They're very dependent on commodity prices, but also construction. 
construction tends to, you know, there's opportunities. Mm. So people build and build and build, and then they spec, and then they get too much hubris or they overextend themselves and we get a surplus and then there's a drop. So, you know, we have industries that are more cyclical, but in the end, with a well-diversified economy, with a balanced economy, we end up having very stable growth in Utah. Let me give you an indicator. Migration. How many people move here versus move out? We've now had 31 of the last 32 years net in migration to Utah. That's powerful. That says that this is a leading economy that attracts jobs, that attracts people. And it says something about our economic structure that we've been able to maintain that. Yeah. I mean, well, and ask any Salt Laker, they'll also tell you that we attract construction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. And I, I guess what I would say is we sometimes are concerned about our growth, but try an economy that's contracting. When you have very little resources, ability to invest, to do much. So I've always been a proponent of guided growth, of investing in caring for growth, but make sure that you remain an economy that, that stays in positive territory. Well, and there are sectors in Utah that are suffering job shortages. You pointed to life sciences. Healthcare feels like the most obvious one right now. I saw a piece in Utah Business about the practice of labor hoarding, which feels like basically layoffs inverted. If you could make one policy change or proposal to address job shortages in Utah, what would it be? It's a really easy answer for me. I would reform our nation's immigration system. Okay. You're going federal. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where these laws are passed. And, you know, immigrants are very good at both hourly jobs and at high-skilled jobs. And those are the areas where we have the most acute shortages. When we fill those jobs all the other jobs also become more uh, plentiful. And so I would, in a heartbeat, make legal immigration a larger part of our economic strategy as a nation and as a state. Mm. Keep in mind that our nation doesn't even grow any more population but for immigration. Right. It's hard to grow an economy if you don't have growing demand for things. And so, mm. you know, if we have people of goodwill who can pass a criminal background check, who bring skills and you know, talent to to this economy, I think we should welcome them here. But from a people perspective, I mean, I know that recent Economic Outlook Forum pointed to, you know, Utah's ability to weather a recession. You brought up our ultra low unemployment rate, our diverse economy, growth in our GDP. But the fact is, almost 12% of our population is food insecure. Mm -hmm. We're seeing rising numbers of homelessness. Does it matter that we have the best economy if we're not addressing these issues? Mm. Well, we have to address those issues. And I guess I would argue that a healthy economy helps us address them. So I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's more, what are the policies to address those issues? And how can we take the strengths of this economy to be more proactive, to be more strategic, to invest what's needed, to create the right incentives for you know, the outcomes that we want. Let me give you an example. I worked as an economist in the late 1980s. We had seven consecutive years of net out migration. Kennecott Copper closed. Geneva Steel closed. These were large employers in our state. It was very difficult to address challenges there. Now you've got unemployment, you know, that's two and three times the levels it is today. So, you know, what we have to do is take the strengths of our economy 
and deploy them towards the maximum good for our residents. And are we falling short in some areas? Yeah. Can we do better? For sure. But I guess I'm grateful to live in a place that has as many tailwinds as we have. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you wanna learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. I wanna zoom in on small businesses in Salt Lake because I think that's a place where day to day we're just starting to really see and feel mm -hmm. a pinch. Like we finished 2022 saying goodbye to some of our faves, Le Madeline, Hector's. I was really struck when the Big O Donuts closed and they were so transparent in their Instagram post about the fact that they just felt like the economic case for their business did not exist. Like I saw one commenter ask if they'd be willing to sell the business to someone else. And the owner said, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> and that just has really stuck with me. And I guess I'm wondering, like Utah leaders love to tout that we are a great place to do business, but what kind of government intervention could keep these kinds of folks in business? I think that the policy innovations would, would really depend. But I would say this, I don't think it's government's role to intervene and create a market for these businesses. I think it's the business's job to address a market need. And then what you want to do is have government be supportive of that. So you don't want you know regulation that, that gets in the way of that growth unless it serves a really important public interest. So maybe a way for me to think about it is if I could wave a magic wand and do something to help small businesses in the state, what would I do? 
Well, you can relieve their regulatory burdens. You can relieve their tax burdens. Uh, you can have, to a certain degree, some wraparound uh, small business incentives and grants and things that you know various municipalities do. But here's the rub. We live in a post-pandemic economy or you know, the unwinding of COVID-19. It's a new world. Things have changed and it's very destructive. You know, we have to figure it out. We have office buildings downtown that are not at the occupancy levels that you would expect. That affects all of the, you know, eating and drinking establishments in downtown Salt Lake City. And, you know, government's not going to come in and be able to keep those restaurants, you know, surviving if you're not going to have people here. And so you have to make these adjustments, and I don't know exactly what they are. I just know that you enter a new world following a pandemic, and we've got to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like another place that we're experiencing that is watching businesses develop GoFundMes mm -hmm. in order to survive. Hell's Backbone Grill in Boulder has a very Salt Lake clientele, I would say, and they recently had a really successful GoFundMe. I did not know that. Yeah, they raised quite a bit, I think, on on nostalgia. That would mm -hmm. be my read, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a place that a lot of Salt Lakers like to vacation, and it's important to them. But Old Cuss Coffee in South Salt Lake just launched their second GoFundMe. I get the sense that as an economist, you perceive that this kind of crowdsourcing indicates that you just don't have a viable business model. Is that right? Well, unless the business model, you know, is able to count on that sort of nostalgia funding. I think I, I applaud that. I love mm. that. I've been at Hell's Backbone Grill. It's a terrific place. Look at what's happened to the Salt Lake Tribune. It's become a nonprofit and they ask people for money all the time. It's a different business plan. They used to live off, you know, advertising revenues and, you know, the classifieds. And that went away with the internet. And so they've had to adjust. And that's the reality of, you know, our system. So, yeah, are we going to have to innovate? Are we going to have to find new ways? Uh, for sure. Before I let you go, I have to ask you, because I know that you're a sports mm -hmm. guy. <laughs> and I want to know how you're thinking about the Salt Lake Bees moving from ballpark to mm. daybreak. What does is, what is it signal about the economic landscape of our city? You know, I think it's unfortunate. I'm a big proponent of, you know, having sports, entertainment, culture headquartered in your capital city. So he here's what Salt Lake City, in my judgment, needs to do. Community leaders need to continue to recognize how important it is that a capital city that belongs to all Utahns have a vibrant sports, entertainment, and cultural um, offerings. And let's help create the economies that make that happen. Natalie Gochner, director of the Kemsey Gardner Policy Institute at the University of Utah. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. There is another person I wanted to hear from on these tech layoffs, and that's Clark Cahoon, who manages Tech Lake City. It's Salt Lake City's initiative to connect graduating students with tech jobs and to make the city a vibrant tech hub. Move over, Lehigh. I called Clark and asked him, if veteran tech companies are laying off workers, does that throw Tech Lake City off course? He told me, and I quote, Utah is one of the best places to be weathering layoffs right now. When I asked if he was worried, he said, not even slightly. Short term, I'm worried because layoffs suck. Long term, I'm not. 
This is an entrepreneurial community where people take care of each other. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Hey, last call for your awkward, delightful, or strange tales of dating in Salt Lake. We are whipping up a special Valentine's Day episode and want to hear from you. We'll keep it anonymous, of course. Call and leave us a voicemail or text us at 801-203-0137 or send an email to saltlake at citycast.fm. I have to tell you, we have gotten some really great responses, but can you outdo them? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. Bye.